What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the Eagles Gauntlet Podcast. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Samuel Goldberg. Sam, it has been three weeks since we have last recorded. How does it feel to finally be back? Uh, it feels great to be back. I see you got a new haircut. Obviously, you guys can't. Obviously, you guys can't see that uh, on on screen. But uh, you know, we both 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 rocking the new cuts. Um, we got some we got some interesting topics to get into. Uh, we're gonna put our in fact we're gonna put our wide receivers list on hold um, because there's just news around this Eagles team that you really can't ignore. That's come out in the past in the past couple of days. Um, I am, I, I just kind of want to jump into it. I got, I got some opinions on the matter that I need to get let out. So yesterday, Wednesday, July 14th was an interesting day for Eagles media. Michael Robinson for the NFL network came out and said, quote unquote, I know some guys in that locker room and they question this guy Sirianni and they question whether he can truly lead this team. Lane Johnson of the Philadelphia Eagles came out, who's one of the best players in the NFL at his respected position, offensive tackle. He said, say the names then, enough with this BS hiding, hashtag fake news. And then Fletcher Cox of the Philadelphia Eagles, all pro defensive tackle came out and said, some people are lying today. What do you take on this whole situation with all of this going on? First off, I think this whole situation is unprofessional. Um, Sirianni hasn't even been involved with training camp yet. So the fact that these guys who won't even come out and actually say their names, I'm dumbfounded. Like you're a professional football player. You respect the coach who's coaching you. And if it's not, and my personal opinion, I think this is just somebody paying somebody to go get a bottom tier guy that's not going to make this roster and say something like that, like a backup long snapper or something like that. Like, I don't know, but it's not professional. And the fact that just out of nowhere, you're, you're not going to, you're going to say, I'm not going to say any names, but I know some guys in that locker room, they question this guy, say their names then. Because locker because there's so much that goes into a football team, and if you got guys that don't agree with the coach, and the some of the leaders on the team don't even know who they are, that just creates locker room turmoil for no reason. Now, do I think this report is fake? Yes, I honestly do believe Michael Robinson is a liar, or he got some bottom of the roster guy to say this something to to say this. I mean, it's just unprofessional. You're a professional football player. You respect your head coach. They've been doing this for a while. You, you, you play the game. You play the game. This man hasn't even gone through a training camp yet, and he's already getting turmoil. Like, come on now. This is the problem with Philadelphia sports media. We saw it with guys like Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson over the past four years. And now we're seeing it with Nick Sirianni. They're not given a fair shot. Nick Sirianni was a great offensive coordinator three years in Indianapolis. The Colts went to the playoffs multiple times, did not have a losing record. I believe they were seven and nine one year or eight and eight. The other two years, they had 10 win seasons. Nick Sirianni has given everything to this team to where they are in the offseason. They've not gone through training camp yet. 
So we don't know what he's going to be. He's not been an NFL head coach in one game yet. So we really cannot judge Nick Sirianni based on everything besides press conferences and how the Eagles offseason has looked as of now. So this report is completely ridiculous. And players like Lane Johnson and Fletcher Cox, who are two of the three most respected players on this Philadelphia team, have come out and said they support Nick Sirianni. That speaks more to me than an NFL analyst that you barely hear from coming out and saying somebody does not like Nick Sirianni. So basically what this whole Michael Robinson part is, you got a bottom tier roster player, assumingly was asked, do you think Nick Sirianni can win? And he says, we don't know. We've not gone through training camp. That's most likely what happened. And then Michael Robinson has come out and said, oh, well, um, the Eagles are questioning Nick Sirianni because they don't know. Of course we don't know. It doesn't mean you're not questioning him. We just don't know what's going to happen because he's not been a head coach in a game yet. Let's please give a rookie head coach that is one of the youngest head coaches in the NFL and one of the brightest minds in the NFL a fair shot. He has been scrutinized ever since he's gotten to Philadelphia because he was, quote-unquote, not the right hire or, quote-unquote, he can't lead the team or, quote-unquote, just all these other things going on. It's frustrating. And Darius Leonard, who was a defensive player for the Indianapolis Colts, one of the best linebackers in the fo- in football, mind you, he got to Indianapolis the same year Nick Sirianni got to Indianapolis. Darius Leonard is an all-pro athlete in the NFL. He said Nick Sirianni is going to be one of the best head coaches in the NFL. That I mean, speaks the- more to me than Michael Robinson saying somebody questions somebody. Exactly. The dude has a brilliant mind. I mean, he's just a ball full of energy, like, I actually enjoy watching Eagles press conferences now when he's there. Like I like he gives life to them, but I mean, I, I don't understand. Like Michael Rom, like, <laughs> like just knowing Philly media, they're going to eat this up and be like, Oh the, yeah, I think we hired the wrong guy. You don't even know that this man hasn't even been through his first game, let alone training camp. I mean, he fell in love with the rookies in rookie camp. I mean, the rookies look fantastic. I mean, it's honestly incredible that one person, a former fullback in the NFL, can just say this random stuff, and, you know, Philadelphia media are just going to eat it up. I mean, I was hearing it on 94.1 WIP. Like, is this really the guy? Is Michael Robinson right? Like, we're not going to call him a liar. Like, there could be something there. Like, for all we know, I feel like this is J.J. Arcega Whiteside or something like that saying this baloney. Like, I, be a professional. Like, come on. Like, we haven't even been to training camp yet. On the J.J. Arcega Whiteside news, a quick note. J.J. Arcega Whiteside is not expected to make this Eagles roster. Imagine if we had DK Metcalf. Don't hate me now, Philadelphia sports. Imagine if we had DK Metcalf. Um, Anyway, on to the next topic. Adam Scheffner yesterday said Philadelphia is the most equipped team in the NFL to go after Deshaun Watson, and he expects them to go after Deshaun Watson. This is nothing new. We have two first-round picks projected to be three if Carson Wentz can stay healthy. We're going to have the most assets in the NFL to make a move at quarterback. 
um, Adam Scheffner said, if you put Deshaun Watson on the Seagulls roster, they are a Super Bowl contender. What do you think of what Adam Scheffner said yesterday morning, Sam? Uh, The one thing I don't get, right, about this whole situation, the Philadelphia Eagles won't pay $3 million a year to go get Steven Nelson, a cornerback that'll help this defense. But yet, but yet, the narrative that they, the Eagles, will gladly take on a $156 million contract when they don't have the space to do it, yeah, let's do it. Why the hell not? It makes zero sense. It like it makes zero sense. It, I mean, oh my, I don't. It makes zero sense. I don't. I just and to to make this team a Super Bowl contender without a secondary. Hello, like Adam Schefter is a little delusional in his saying that the Eagles become immediate Super Bowl contenders with Deshaun Watson. So, is Deshaun Watson a top five quarterback in the NFL? Yes. The yes. only quarterbacks I take over him are most definitely Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and probably Josh Allen. And Aaron, and right now, Aaron Rodgers for the next five years, probably not Aaron Rodgers. But if Aaron Rodgers plays for the next five years, Aaron Rodgers. Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback in the NFL. He led the NFL in passing last year on the god-awful Houston Texans that do nothing for him. But the thing is, Carson Wentz was a Philadelphia Eagle last year. It feels like forever ago. We had our franchise guy. We were paying him over $100 million a year. I forget the exact amount, but he was one of the top-paid quarterbacks in the NFL. The complaint among Eagles fans was, we do not have the assets to surround Wentz with. We do not have the coaches. We don't have anything. So they trade Wentz. We have assets now. Why would we give up the salary cap space we don't have that we're still paying once this money this year and the assets that we just got and go get to Sean Watson? We're basically back to square zero, essentially, or square one, whatever you want to call it, where we have our franchise guy, yes, but we don't have the assets to surround him. And we have Jalen Hurts. Okay, we have to see what Jalen Hurts is. This year should be about seeing what Jalen Hurts is and maybe next offseason, Deshaun Watson gets cleared from the sexual assault allegations. Maybe we go get Deshaun Watson. But we have to see what Jalen Hurts is. We've committed too much to Jalen Hurts this offseason to say, no, we don't want him. Because what that says to the locker room is for getting rid of Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts in the same offseason after Wentz was your franchise guy. And then now it seems you're building around Jalen Hurts. The same offseason to do that. What that says to a locker room is we don't care about you. We, we really don't. That's That gives bad vibes to the locker room and the team would fall apart. That would be awful. And we don't need that this offseason. This, off, this whole season, 2021, is seeing what Jalen Hurts can bring to the Philadelphia Eagles. Not giving up all the assets to go get somebody. Okay, if Jalen Hurts is solid and man, he can be a solid starter. We win 10 games and then we have two top 10 picks from Miami. And okay, not two top 10 picks, but we have two top 20 picks or whatever. Okay, yeah, go get to Sean Watson. 
But we have to see what Jalen Hurts is first. We can't just go get rid of two starting caliber quarterbacks in the NFL in the same offseason for money we don't have. To go get to go bring in money we don't have. And well, what would we give up? Like obviously we'll give up our three first round picks, obviously, but they're gonna want more. They're gonna want a Miles Sanders, they're gonna want a wide receiver, they're gonna want players as well to bring in you just lose offensive pieces and it doesn't make it a Deshaun Watson to the Philadelphia Eagles trade doesn't make sense he's not even gonna play this year he still has that whole situation like he I don't understand why all of a sudden out of nowhere the Eagles are a top contender to make a run at Deshaun Watson when really a Deshaun Watson move would literally put the Eagles back in the same spot they were in with Carson Wentz. It doesn't make sense to me. Is Deshaun Watson a better quarterback than Carson Wentz? Right now, yes. I'd say right now, yes, he's a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. Deshaun Watson's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But it just it would not be a good thing to give up all the assets and go get a quarterback. Look at the Los Angeles Rams, for example. They don't have a first-round draft pick within the next four years or something like that. Matthew Stafford, they gave up two first-round picks and Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford. Imagine what we'd have to give up for Deshaun Watson. We'd have to give up at least four first-round draft picks. We're an aging roster. We need young talent. That's that's the thing. We need young talent. We need to build young talent. And we can't just give up a quarterback that's making 1.5 million a year for a quarterback that's making 3 million or 33 million a year. We don't have that kind of money right now. Next offseason, yeah, Jalen Hurts isn't anything. We have that cap space. Go get to Sean Watson. Right now, we don't have that cap space. Also, here's my thing on Jalen Hurts. I can't stand the people that are only giving him one full year to prove himself. We have one of the youngest wide receiver cores going into this year. Devontae Smith is going to be in his first year in the NFL. Travis Fulgham might get some, might actually be the starter this year, be the full-time starter now that he's not playing behind Sean Jackson and now Sean Jeffrey. Yeah. Dallas Goddard will probably be your number one. Uh, option this year this is a pretty young receiving core and they need time to develop and they need time to develop a relationship with a quarterback I am on the boat where you give Jalen Hurts two plus years like this man just screams leader I mean just what he's been doing during the offseason working with his wide receivers generating that connection (laughs) now do I think Do I think he's struggled a little bit passing the football? Yeah. I mean, obviously, we've only seen that in four four games. That's it. That's the only sample size we got of him. Has he become a better passer, though? Yes, he really has. From Alabama to Oklahoma, you saw his his passing ability increase. And then from the four games that we got to see from him, from Oklahoma to the NFL, He's, his, he's become a really solid passer. And I think this year he'll improve. I feel like he's got a lot to prove. 
And I just, I just feel like there's this narrative that, all right, this guy's going to be a one and done if he doesn't do anything. No, he, you need time to develop with a quarterback and a roster. I, uh, this whole narrative that if, all right, if one year is all he gets, uh, and it makes zero sense because obviously you're not going to go draft a quarterback in the draft. That just doesn't make any sense. I love, I, I do like the Nick Mullins signing. You do have a nice young backup in Mullins. And then you have an aging guy in Joe Flacco who's been in spots before that Jalen Hurts hasn't. And he's going to kind of be that guiding light for uh, Jalen. And that's why I like the Flacco signing as well. I honestly believe that the Eagles fans need to give Jalen Hurts multiple years because we've seen quarterbacks flourish after their first full season. I mean, you you got you you take a look at uh, Josh Allen in Buffalo. His rookie year, he didn't have the best rookie year, and fans were questioning: Did they actually get the good quarterback? His second year in the NFL, this man took off. We saw the true version of Josh Allen. Josh Allen, in my opinion, coming out of that draft class, was the best quarterback out of that draft class. But it takes time for quarterbacks to develop in the NFL. If you're going to give Jalen Hurts four starts and be like, all right, Jalen, this year you got to prove yourself, you're crazy. You're crazy. You are straight up crazy. You got you to gotta give this guy time. You got to give him multiple years to fully develop. Yes, quarterbacks need time. Tom Brady was not great right away. It took Tom Brady time. It took Carson Wentz two years to be an elite quarterback. 2016 rookie year, not good. 2017, 18-19, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Deshaun Watson came right into the NFL, and he was great. Mahomes sat for a year, came in, was great. So you got those guys like Watson, Mahomes, Russell Wilson that come in and are great right right away. Lamar Jackson as a rookie, we didn't know what we were going to get. Second year, he was the MVP of the NFL. It takes quarterbacks time. It takes a lot of time for a quarterback to develop. And it's not like a wide receiver or a running back or a cornerback where you can come into a team right away and fit right in. You need time. The quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. Like out of any sport, quarterback is the most important position for this, for its respective sport, because the quarterback is everything to your team. No team recently has won a Super Bowl without an elite quarterback. Okay, maybe Nick Foles is the backup for Philly. But besides that, you have to go back to Joe Flacco in Baltimore winning two Super Bowls. And he was a very good quarterback. You need an elite quarterback 99.9% of the time to win a Super Bowl. And shuffling quarterbacks every year, it's not going to work. If we give Carson Wentz a year and then bench him, Jalen Hurts gets four games, then through 10 games, you're not happy with what you get, bench him. Like, you're not going to win that way. You got to see what you have in your quarterback. You got to let the quarterback be who they are and give them time. That's the only way they can be successful. And right now, with this wide receiver core that um, the Eagles have, Right now, their oldest guy, minus uh, minus Zach Ertz, their oldest wide receiver right now on this roster for that Jalen Hurts is going to throw to this year is Greg Ward Jr. 
Guess how old he is? 24. He's 26 years old. 26. That is your oldest wide receiver that he's going to be throwing to. We have such a good young core of wide receivers and to develop or and to, and for them to fully develop around a, a, a developing Jalen Hurts as well. That's pretty scary. If you think about it in hindsight, because I, because these wide receivers, they're not going to be fully developed this year. They're not, they're just, they're, they're not. No matter what you do, there's always room for improvement with wide receivers. That's why you guys, guys like Jaden Rager, who's gonna, who's actually gonna be used to his abilities instead of being on the outside, they're moving him to the inside this year, or the slot. See how that goes. Using him more in space. This is the first year that they're doing that with him. Just like this is the first year, Jalen Hurts is getting the reins of the starting quarterback position. It takes time for an offense to fully develop. They are doing so many new pieces this year. There's so many new additions to this offense as well. But more importantly, however, you're not going to see Jalen Hurts throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. They might, Sirianni might simplify this and be like, all right, look, we got four great running backs. We got a quarterback that can run. We have a fantastic tight end. There's so many possibilities that you can do with this offense and mix it up that you're that Jalen Hurts doesn't need to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game like we saw with Carson Wentz because there was nobody around him. Give Jalen Hurts time to develop. Give this young offense time to develop. I'm telling you, you're going to like the product, product in two years. And each year in Philadelphia, since we won the Super Bowl in 2017, in 2018, 19, and now 2020, we've been saying that injuries can't get any worse. They've kept getting worse. We've the last three years have had historically bad injury numbers with the amount of players we have on IR that are among our starters. And we had the most we had the most injured offensive line last year in the history of the NFL. Every game besides two games, we had a different starting offensive line. And they were our second and third string guys or third and fourth string guys. We're going to get this elite offensive line with Jason Kelsey, who played every game last year. He's still there. We got Brandon Brooks back, who is a top three guard in the NFL. We have Lane Johnson back, who's a top five tackle in the NFL. Jordan Malata really showed out last year. We get Isaac Suomalu back, who is a good starter, top 15 guard in the NFL. We get Nate Herbig, who was our second best offensive lineman last year that was healthy behind Jason Kelsey. Nate Herbig was very good last year, especially as a run blocker. Andre Dillard solid. Oh, we also get the best interior offensive lineman in the draft out of Alabama, who is very good. Landon Dickerson, he's going to be very good. So our offensive line has depth for days, and that's key. You need a good offensive line for a young quarterback to win. I think with that offensive line, with the run game, Miles Sanders, Carrion Johnson, Boston Scott, and Kenny Gainwell, I think that, plus Jalen Hurts' legs, I think we run the ball 30 times a game at least, honestly. I think we're going to be a run-heavy team, and I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a lot of chances for deep balls. And one thing that I have been a big advocate of 
a quarterback needs an elite wide receiver. A young quarterback gets an elite wide receiver. They can take off. You look at Dak Prescott when he got Amari Cooper. You look at Kyler Murray when he got DeAndre Hopkins. There's so many prime examples of it. My favorite is Josh Allen getting Stefan Diggs. A quarterback can really take off when they get that elite receiver. Can Devontae Smith be that guy for Jalen Hurts? Oh, yeah. Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner, the best wide receiver college football has seen in the 21st century. Why can't he be that wide receiver? He has all the skills to be an elite wide receiver. I'm excited for this Eagles team. You have all the weapons around Jalen Hurts. Dallas Goddard's another guy. He's the second best two-way tight end in the NFL blocking, receiving tight end behind George Kittle, who's the best tight end in the NFL, in my opinion. Dallas Goddard can be a top three tight end in the NFL when he's given the opportunity. Uh, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts. Offense, with that offensive line, it can be one of the best offenses in the NFL if they stay healthy and if Jalen Hurts can develop throughout the year. I'm excited. All these guys are super young. All of them are on rookie contracts. Hurts and Rager were rookies last year. Miles Sanders was in his second year. Devontae Smith is a rookie this year. Dallas Goddard, he was in his third year last year, going into his fourth year. He has a big extension coming up. The Eagles are going to pay him his money. He's going to get paid like a top six tight end in the NFL. I'm super excited for what this offense is going to look like. And I really can't wait. Yeah, me too. And again, going back to that depth, even if even if there's one guy on the offensive line that goes down, you still have so many guys that can come in. And what I love is that um, Jeff Stoutland has taught these offensive linemen to play every position. So that way there's so much depth at every spot. And that's what I love. That's what I love about Stoutland. He teaches, he teaches offensive linemen to play multiple positions because you never know when your name will be called upon. And, and just just seeing the amount of depth that we have at the offensive line is just incredible. I mean, and then just the defense, I'm loving, loving, loving the front four, the depth that comes right behind them. I mean, there's a lot there. The linebackers, I can't wait to see Sean Bradley flourish in this defense. I'm, I can't wait to see Alex Singleton have another incredible year. Eric Wilson stepping in and being that leader that the defense needs in the middle. I think Rodney McLeod has another incredible, I think he's going to have a bounce back season this year. I think he's going to be one of the more improved defensive guys. And I find, and I really do believe we see Kevon Wallace take a step further in this, in, in the defense. I think he'll overtake Avante Maddox for that uh, cornerback starting spot, even though Wallace is a safety I do think he definitely can play some corner. So I'm really excited to see. Um, I, I feel like Kevon Wallace takes that next step and puts himself in that starting spot at corner. So one topic I want to move on to here, Xavier Howard, he had 10 interceptions last year. He's not happy with his money in Miami. The Eagles have been linked in trade rumors with him. What would you give up for Xavier Howard? I just want to hear, what, what would you give up for one of the best young corners in the NFL to pair alongside Darius Slay? 
I would give up Derek Barnett and Miami's first round pick for Xavier Howard. Oh, okay. You'd give up Barnett and a first round draft pick for Xavier Howard. Yes, I would give up the Miami Dolphins pick that we got from them and Derek Barnett for arguably one of the better corners in this league to pair along with Darius Slay. Well, in 2017, 16 games, Xavier Howard had four interceptions. 2018, only 12 games, seven interceptions. He, he was injured in 2019, played five games, had one pick. 2020, 10 interceptions in 16 games, led the NFL. He's been a pro bowler twice. He's only 28. He's actually a little older than I thought he was. He's been in the NFL for quite a while now. But one thing that I love is his advanced defense. Last year, when targeted, he had a 48.3 passer rating when targeted. A, a good quarterback rating for a quarterback is around 100. He made quarterbacks look awful when he was targeted. And when targeted, he only allowed 51.5 completion percentage. And he only allowed 52 completions when targeted last year. He is spectacular. One of the best corners in the NFL. You get Xavier Howard and put him right next to Darius Slay with that front four. We have a Super Bowl defense. That's what can make us a Super Bowl contender right now, Xavier Howard. Yeah, a guy like Jalen, or a, a, wow, a guy like Deshaun Watson doesn't make this team a Super Bowl contender. It really just, it really just puts him back in. We got a great quarterback, but we don't have assets anymore. We got to keep the assets. But getting Xavier Howard on this team, and moving Josh Sweat into that starting defensive end role, oh my! I mean, you don't lose anything there. You only gain. That uh, do it, Eagles. Get trade for Xavier Howard. Sign Stephen Nelson. Do one of those two. Do yourself a favor and go get yourself a second quarterback. Let Zach McPherson develop. Let Zach McPherson develop. This 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 season you're gonna see. This is a developmental season for a lot of guys. A lot of guys need to develop this year. That is the word. That is that is the word of the season. Development. I'm going into the season. I'm expecting. I'm expecting good things from this team. Like this team looks really good on paper. Like again, I'm still sticking to my 11 wins. This team looks really good on paper, and I think we'll see them develop throughout the year. I feel like we will definitely see them find their groove towards the latter half of the season. I agree with that, and I think we play a lot of bad teams in the second half of the year. I think 11 wins, easily reachable if the team plays anything like they're capable of playing. So I'm excited for that. And I want to talk about going into training camp. I want you, Sam, to name a few guys that you think can really break out going into training camp to finish up this episode. So one in, one person in particular that I'm looking at to see how they do uh, in training in training camp is uh, Alex Singleton. Actually, uh, kind of a kind of a lesser known guy on this roster, but I really I, I was really impressed with Alex Singleton how he kind of overtook Nate Gary. Oh, uh, I I I want to throw up saying Nate Gary saying that name. Good he God, got cut, His, he got cut though by San Francisco. Yeah, 
his highlight, his highlight when he played at Nebraska was like giving the ball back to Josh Allen on an interception. That's literally his best highlight ever. Uh, but anywho, n- enough of that guy. Alex Singleton, I actually can't wait to see uh, how he, how he does this year. He's going to have a full year being the starter. He's he's got he's got really really good uh, coverage. He's really good in coverage. He's really good at playing zone. I really actually uh, he's my most he's he's the player that I'm actually looking to see how he does this year in the new defense with Gannon. I feel like he'll thrive in Gannon's defense. I'm really looking forward to see what Alex Singleton can do this year. One guy on defense that I'm really excited to see is Javon Hargrave. We gave him elite defensive tackle money. He was injured most of last year, but when he got healthy, he really showed what he can do next to a guy like Fletcher Cox. I expect a Cox-Hargrave duo to be one of the best in the NFL. So I really think Javon Hargrave can cause a lot of havoc on the interior along with Fletcher Cox. He's a big guy. He's a 3-4 defensive tackle, but he's one of those guys you can stick in a 4-3 and take him out from being a nose tackle and put him on a guard. So essentially, he's on a center, and when you're a defensive tackle lined up against a center, you're doing nothing. When you're a defensive tackle lined up against a guard, your stats automatically and your production automatically increase dramatically. And we saw that in only a few games last year. I think a healthy season of Javon Hargrave, a healthy training camp, which he did not have last year, I think that can do numbers for a guy like Javon Hargrave. And another guy I'm super excited to see is Sean Bradley. He is athletic, great in coverage, and he only had a few chances last year. And he knows how to tackle, I'll tell you that. He knows how to tackle. I think he can definitely be a starter in the linebacking core. And I'm interested. I don't know how good these linebackers are going to be, but I'm interested to see what they can bring to the table. Now, switching things over to the offense, one guy that I actually really look forward to seeing how he does this training camp, seeing what he does throughout the course of the season, uh, is actually um, not who you expect it to be. I'm actually really looking forward to see uh, how Travis Fulgham will do this year. Coming off of ankle surgery, wasn't playing games fully healthy last year. Now you get a healthy Travis Fulgham, who if he can put up numbers like he did against Pittsburgh, then you got Rager and Smith balling out as well. This could be this this could be a really scary offense. I mean, this I I really look forward to seeing how Travis Fulgham bounces back. He's definitely earned himself a starting spot this year. Uh, I mean, this this this. This kid was on the Detroit Detroit Lions practice squad two years ago, and now he's finding himself being a starter on a football team, really proving that he should be a starter here, and I think he does that in training camp, and I think he impresses everybody this coming year. Travis Fulgham, and there was a five-week stretch where Travis Fulgham led the NFL in receiving. He really showed out. Then he had the injury. Alshon Jeffrey came back. And Doug Peterson benched him for Alshon Jeffrey, who can jump maybe two centimeters. He is a two-centimeter vertical inch. Or he's a two-centimeter vertical leap, my bad. He can't even jump an inch. We saw that in the Cleveland game on the jump ball with Denzel Ward, which is embarrassing to see. But 
one guy that I think can really show out this training camp is none other than Nate Herbig. I really think we could see Nate Herbig overtake Isaac Sumalu for the starting left guard position. Now, do I think it's likely? No, I think Sumalu is pretty much the starter there. I think Herbig's the backup right guard. But you have your five starters in Malata, Sumalu, Kelsey, Brooks, and Lane Johnson. You got backups like Andre Dillard, who shut down one of the best pass rushers in Khalil Mack in his his rookie season. You got Nate Herbig, who's shown he can be really good. You got Landon Dickerson, who's a second-round draft pick and one of the best center prospects in a long time. And you got Jack Driscoll, who really had one of the best pass-blocking efficiency ratings last year in the NFL, top 10 in that category when healthy. I'm very excited to see what this offensive line backup unit can do in training camp. I think we have two starting offensive lines, basically. There are at least three to five NFL teams I'd take our backups over their starters. So we're deep. We're going to have to pay some of these guys soon. But a lot of these guys are still on rookie contracts for the next few years. So I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. I agree with that uh, one 1,000%. One so that will about wrap up today's episode of the Eagles Gauntlet podcast. We put the wide receiver segment on hold. We just had a lot of Philadelphia Eagles news to talk about that's kind of racked up yesterday, actually. A few things we wanted to talk about that racked up over the last two, three weeks, then a lot racked up yesterday. So perfect timing to be back, I guess, be back from vacation. But next episode will most likely be the wide receiver episode. I forget what episode we're on. I think like 12 or 13, kind of lost count here. But I'm, I'm super excited for it. Can't wait for the wide receiver episode. Sam, is there anything you want to add on before we hop off? No, I got I, I got everything that I wanted to get off my chest out on this episode. The Eagles are in a great spot. We'll give this team time to develop. The offense is really young. I'm telling you, in two years, this team will be one of the best teams again in the NFL. Give this team time. Certainly a lot of excitement in Philadelphia. And I can't wait for the end of summer. Even August training camp comes out. And Madden's only about a month away. You know when Madden's close to coming out, then you know the NFL season is right around the corner. I cannot wait. And we will be covering college football upcoming soon. We'll have a college football episode coming out soon for all the college football fans out there. But anyway, thank you guys for listening to the Eagles Call a Podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. Goodbye.